This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Solomon Elite at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Also joined by the very hard to reach Paul MD at Rocket Intellect on Twitter. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Been doing very important things lately. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, you've been getting into a lot of internet fights lately. <laughs> it's been it's been a pretty eventful week for you, man. Yeah, that. I don't really think that's out of the norm, though. No, it's kind it's, of a typical week for me. That's on it's brand. on brand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very Paul. Um, but yeah, before we start, I think we have to like observe a moment of silence for Wesley Johnson. Was that not the nastiest or like most res- disrespectful play in, in franchise history? It's pretty well up there. Uh, I I mean, do you want to count like the series long dismantling of? admiral by hakeem oh I mean, the, as far as single moments though i have that in there okay so it's it's up the the, the plays that stick out to me are t-mac dunking on chad and sean bradley and mm-hmm. ha- hakeem doing the dream shake on david robinson well what made the hakeem one so great is david robinson obviously was this great defender right and the mvp backstory behind it and everything but what made the sean bradley dunk was just it was just nasty like, he just straight up posterized him, and the guy was like, he had no chance. Well, but what made this one, like, I, I still don't think they compare to the one Harden did to Wesley Johnson. Because, like, when that play happened, I was watching the game alone, and, like, I omitted a noise from my mouth. And I still, I'm still not quite sure what I said. The internet kind of went wild with it. Like, I thought the play stopped. Like I, I thought, I thought it was like a dead ball situation. Like it was a fall, a foul was called, a travel was called, three seconds, something, because he just stopped and stared at him for like three seconds. Yeah, yeah it was really weird. A lot of people said they thought that their stream stopped working or something. Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of inclined to say that this was more disrespectful simply because uh, of the stop and play, as you said. You know, he could have like just gone up and shot it. And it would have been a real highlight play anyway. But he wanted to add to the theatrics of it by just staring at Wesley Johnson. And that takes that takes some fucking confidence, man. I, 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 I like that after the game they asked him about it. He said uh, he was wondering what Wes Johnson was doing. <laughs> like, what was crazy about it is the shot became contested. 
Like, it was a wide-open shot that became contested because he waited so long. Like, Milos Tedosic came out from the help side and tried contesting the shot. And, like, like he took his hand off the ball and licked his lips. Like, the, the guy... <laughs> <laughs> the guy winded up and took and took his shot. Like it wasn't just a straight like in rhythm shot. It became out of rhythm. Yeah, and it's a good damn thing he hit it too. Because if you're gonna do all that, you better make the shot. If if he hadn't hit that shot, it would have been kind of a funny moment. But you know, it's something that you could also kind of clown him for a little bit for not taking the shot earlier. But instead, he went ahead and hit it. Uh, it was one of those moments where all the players just go, ah, oh, no. Like when you see a guy's open on the perimeter and you just don't even bother closing out because he's going to shoot it anyway. But they didn't shoot it. <laughs> so there was this whole long, weird moment where they're like, oh, I, I guess I could actually close out here, huh? Yeah, Milo, Milos might have saved uh, Wes Johnson. Uh, had Milos not closed out, James Harden might still be at Staples Center waiting for Wes Johnson to get up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I think Wes knew he got him, too, because he was on the ground smiling like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be on the internet for the next 48 hours. Like, it was just, like, like the the entire arena, like, made a noise. Like, like that's your guy on the floor there. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, even they, like, had to appreciate just, like, how insane that play was. Like, it was just, like... It was one of those, like, you have to stop. Like, everybody stops and stares at it. Trevor Ariza, like, almost checked into the game. Like, he just, like, ran up <laughs> ran up to the scores table. He just high-stepped over there. <laughs> oh, like, I really appreciate and respect that, that uh, Wesley Johnson just kind of took it with a plum. He was like, yep, fair enough. <laughs> what are you going to do? You I just got to laugh knew. it off. He knew. Oh, man, uh, but I mean, this is up there with. I mean, like, I'm gonna ask you, uh, Paul. Like, do you think this is up there with the AI walking over Ty Lue? Like, you think it's up there with that in terms of the nastiest crossovers in NBA history? Uh, I'm gonna go with the AI move because it was like in the Fair. finals. Like, in terms of like cool moments, there are a few cooler moments than AIs like walking over Ty Lue. And that's uh, disrespect. In like, in the vacuum and disrespect, uh, Harden's might have been more so because of the irrational, con- maybe not even irrational, but confidence that he had that he would knock down the shot. Yeah, you, it, it makes you think of, uh, you know, the, the meme people make sometimes with a principal Skinner from The Simpsons saying pathetic. It's like that. Like he looked down. At, he just he just stared down at him in that same fashion. The shot from below, where you can see uh, Wes in the foreground, is just it's just horrifying that this could ever happen in an NBA game. And I, I was watching the game live, and I still had to go back and see it again. Like I rewinded re- re- on my TV. I went on the internet. I watched the Vine. Like I, I mean, not the Vine. I guess it's called like a clip now. I, I went on the internet and I looked for the clip again. And I, I watched like every single angle because I had to see like what the hell Harden was doing there. Like it was like there was like four different camera angles. That's what made it so great. Like you could see Harden like the next day. Like everybody went kind of Zapruder film on it, and they saw Harden licking his lips. Like they zoomed in on it. Like and like you saw it through like the outstretched arms of like I don't know DeAndre Jordan or somebody that and Harden was just standing there looking directly at him, and he licked his lips. Like that's just balls, man. Like that's just ballsy as hell. I that that's beyond irrational confidence. Like, it, I if someone did that to me, I'm grabbing my street shoes and I'm leaving the gym. Like I'm done. <laughs> 
Ball was life. Like, it's over. It's over for me. Ball was death, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this This is going to be branded on Wesley Johnson for the rest of his career. It's going to be like Ty Lue. Like, you're not going to know Ty Lue for his career. You're going to know Ty Lue because that's the dude that AI stepped over. Like, this is the dude that Harden completely undressed with his eyes. Like, he was just like... The- it, it, that whole game was like that too, honestly. That entire that entire game, the whole time. I think uh, I think Paul, you said that they were they were playing with their food. Like they got up huge on the Clippers and just kind of like they just sort of messed around with them for the rest of the game. They weren't concerned. They didn't care at all. And uh, it takes a pretty a pretty cocky team to not only be totally unconcerned about your opponent, but also just go ahead and beat them handily anyway. Right, and, and what was great about that is it kind of capped off an awesome quarter for Harden. He had 17 points, and like after that three, I think I think I think he pretty much stopped trying. Like it was like over. Like he's like, all right, I'm done here. Like it was like he, like after that first quarter, Harden didn't really have that much of an impact on the rest of the game because first of all, it was a blowout, so it was over anyways. And second of all, like it was just like I felt like he had like he felt like he had the right to stop trying. And, you know, all, all credit to him. I mean, it's like Wesley Johnson stepped out of the game. Like, Doc Rivers never subbed him back in. Like, it was like like he knew, like, all right, it's over. Like, we can't sub you back in just because it's it's just – we don't want that to happen to you again, man. Like, that was just so disrespectful, man. Like, I, I, I still can't stop watching that play. Like, the different – the multiple camera angles made it great. Uh, Sports Center replayed that play like fifty times at halftime. Michelle Beto of all people was replaying that play over and over again. It was like even if you're a hardened hater, you just had to appreciate in that moment how disgusting it was. Like it was like it was like for me the equivalent was like when Steph crossed over uh, Chris Paul in his MVP year, like when the Warriors won like seventy three games or it might have been the year before that. But like. It was like one of those where you, even if you don't like Steph, you had to appreciate what he did to Chris Paul on the baseline there. It's been a good time to watch the Rockets. Uh, I've had a I've had an enjoyable uh, session for the last fifteen games, approximately. I don't know what's special about the last fifteen games, but I've liked them a lot. Yeah, uh, they're on a fifteen game winning streak. Uh, the last time we recorded was before the All Star break, and since since then the. Rockets just forgot how to lose basketball games. Like it's not in their me- it's not in their memory anymore. Um, they they have the the best offense in the league in that stretch, the fourth best defense in the league, and they're like towards the bottom of the league in pace, which is kind of crazy to me. Like they're, they're winning these games so out of character, um, you know, very grinded out but like dominant style of victory. It's it's been like pretty remarkable. Like we've been talking about how we wanted to see another healthy stretch from. Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella playing together, and, and boy, do they deliver, man! Like they're they're thirty two and one when Harden, Capella, and Paul play together. Like I'm running out of things to say about how good this team is. They've yeah. done all the things. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm running out of things to describe it too. Uh, I can't really because, like, if you remember when Harden went out with the hamstring, uh, people were talking about like maintaining the fourth or fifth seed i won't name names but there were people that were talking about that and yeah even despite even despite harden's hamstring injury the rockets are holding on to the warriors a uh 
to holding on to the one seed with the Warriors nipping at their heels, but with a game of comfort. So it's a it's an amazing accomplishment, especially since it's not like they've been completely healthy. They're like gonna win. The, Go ahead. Like the Warriors were when they won seventy three games. Like they were for the most part incredibly healthy with Steph and Clay and Draymond. This Rockets team has not been healthy really at all. Right, like they're still struggling to get back to health. I mean, like Harden, Capella, and and Paul have been healthy, but their end of bench guys are still struggling to come back. Um, and like the uh, in my defense, like when Harden went down, it looked like a three week thing. Like, like it looked like he would be it was going to be out for like you know almost a month uh, with that hamstring because it was grade two, and the Rockets uh, had lost their lead to the Warriors at that point. And I don't know. I, the Spurs were still nipping at their butt, still nipping at their heels. That in my, that's just me in my defense. But yeah, they have been excellent. Like they they sweep the Denver Utah road back to back. That almost never happens in the NBA. Like they, they that they, Utah game was impressive. That was they, an impressive damn win. They should have lost that game. They should have lost that. They they played awful for the first three quarters. They should have lost that Celtics game too. <laughs> but right now they're in some zone where when they play badly and they ought to lose a game, they just only win by a few. But uh, yeah, let's talk specifically about that Boston game because I thought that game was specifically like it, it spoke to how deep they were. And like Chris Paul had a had a rough first three quarters. James Harden uh, played pretty good for through the first three quarters, but had a rough fourth quarter and they still won. They still won because Clint Capella was a monster on the glass. Uh, Trevor Ariza had possibly his best game of the year, and Eric Gordon chose the perfect time to get his jumper back. Like they pulled that win out of their. Yeah, uh, speaking directly about Eric Gordon's jumper, I kind of wonder if him missing some time was good for him. I would not be surprised if they're kind of fudging it on the rest side for guys who've been hurt this season because they can kind of afford to, and the more breaks you can give these guys the better the longer they hold up in the long term he does look like his legs are back underneath him his shots he was what seven for 11 uh, which uh that's what you hire eric gordon for that's the point of him so it's it's great to see him back in shape they need it with other guys being with, with ryan anderson being out right now and with this being a particularly tough chunk of the schedule uh they're it, i was super impressed by eric gordon he knows exactly what he's doing he feels comfortable on offense this team is clicking, uh, and I don't. Once again, I don't know what else to say about them. We haven't said before. They're everything is going exactly right. Yeah, the Rockets are uh, pretty locked in right now. Obviously, I think that we're seeing them pull these games out of their because they know how much they need the one seed against the Warriors, uh, and they know that the schedule is tough. So you've got this team kind of like desperate. You, you don't usually see teams this good desperate to win. You saw it with the Warriors when they were chasing the 73-win record, and you're seeing it with the Rockets. Uh, so they've got like a tough schedule coming up. Uh, OKC, Milwaukee, Toronto, all on the road. Uh, the Milwaukee-OKC stretches a back-to-back. If they can go 2-3, two 2-3, three, two and three, I think they're probably in good shape to get the one seed, and maybe you can start resting guys against the uh lesser teams yeah it's gonna be tough to get that one seed i mean they they have a half game lead on the warriors right now and they have the tiebreaker to their credit but the warriors have the 28th easiest schedule i mean 28th hardest schedule in the league so like 
they're going to be playing like the Suns a bunch of times. They're going to be playing the Hawks a bunch of times. They're going to be playing the Nets. They're going to be playing all these teams that are doing all their hardest to tank. Like the tank race is on, and the Warriors are going to be feasting on these teams right now. Uh, and the Rockets are going to be playing, as you said, uh, as you said, Paul. They're going to be playing three back to backs in their next nine games. Uh, two of those are going to be road back to backs, and like they're they're going to be playing teams that are desperate to get in the playoffs right now, like. OKC, uh, they're, they're a seven seed right now. Milwaukee's fighting for positioning in the East. Uh, Toronto wants that first seed in, in the East. Uh, Dallas is the only one that, you know, they're, they're not really fighting for contention. So maybe that's, that's the best game you have out of your next nine. Uh, San Antonio, they, they want to they, they climb the standings. The Clippers, I mean, New Orleans, Minnesota, Portland, all these teams are fighting for positioning in the West because the, the West is a bloodbath right now. After the Rockets and Warriors, it's like it's a free for all out there. Like everybody's fighting for position. The, the the Blazers are the third seed right now. They've been on a crazy run. Um, but yeah, I mean their schedule is going to be tough. Uh, I, I do you guys think that they're going to get that first seed? Like do you, even with that schedule, uh, the schedule disadvantage, do you still think that they're in prime position to get that seed? I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Uh, out of all those teams, the only ones I'm afraid of at all are the Pelicans and the Raptors. That's because the Pelicans are a bad matchup and the Raptors are extremely good. The rest of those teams, just aren't, like, they're not gimmies by any means, but they're not as good as the Rockets. They're not even close. Everything below the, Ra- the Raptors, the Rockets, and the Warriors is in a, a different league from those three teams. There's no reason the Rockets cannot just win all those games. Uh, e- or rather, there's no reason they could not win each individual one of those games. You have to expect to lose some games in there because every team, every team loses games, things happen. But I don't think there's any reason to worry about any individual one of those games. Maybe the Bucks back to back, but even then, the Bucks aren't. The Bucks are pretty mediocre right now. They're just not in the same league as the Rockets. The the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard and Lamarcus Aldridge are not good. The Thunder, such that they're missing Roberson, they're not good. This is it's a bad time to be all these teams trying to make the playoffs. The Nuggets are the ones who don't have any teams left against the Warriors or the Rockets, and that's uh, that's looking real good right now because those two teams want to kick that crap out of every single team they meet because they desperately want that one seed. Yeah, if to answer your question, uh, I think I'm inclined to say no right now. Uh, if they go undefeated in this three-game, uh, well, this tough three-game stretch, OKC, Milwaukee, Toronto, then I'll probably change my answer. Uh, if they go two and three, I think they have a shot, but it'll be tough. If they go uh, not two and three, if they win two of three, uh, and if they lose two in this three, I think they're done. So a lot is going to hang on these, these three games. And I'm not sure if uh, you guys have been watching. The Warriors look really good right now. Like, they're... They look hungry as hell to get that first seed. Like after the All Star break, like they looked like they needed the All Star break. They were sleepwalking to it. Like it was, just, they were just kind of being very, you know, playing very laxed. And like up until now, I you haven't seen a max effort Warriors team. And like I, I think they really want that first seed. And, and so do the Rockets. It's gonna be it, it's gonna be entertaining as hell. Like uh, it's been this is the first time in four years that anyone's really threatened the Warriors for that first seed. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's definitely a storyline that I, I didn't expect coming into the season. Um, Eric Gordon's been openly talking about how they want the first. Seed. It, it, <laughs> have you guys noticed how I, Eric Gordon pretty much like 
become this really really quiet talker like he's been <laughs> it's like, really fun yeah like if you watch his like videos of like the rockets interviewing him and stuff like they're he's really really soft-spoken but when you read his quotes on a piece of paper man like it's the guy is talking all kinds of him and well, Clint he was Capella. saying like he said like, oh, why are we gonna after we get through with like Toronto or whatever? He was like, why would we lose or something? Yeah, he's been he's been saying all kinds of fun stuff. I like it. They should be cocky right now. That's how you that's how you win games. I mean, it bites you in the ass if you end up not meeting up with it, but that's the kind of fuel that gets you moving forward. I mean, yeah, and right I, now I'm I think with a large. Yeah, I think a large reason also why the Warriors have picked it up is because they looked in the they, they looked at the standings and went, "Oh no, these guys might get the one seed." I don't think they need the one seed, but I think they need the Rockets not to have it if that makes any sense. Right, that confidence going into a Warriors matchup with home court advantage, um, and and the better record. I I, th- I think the Warriors just don't want to have that mental edge given to the Rockets. Like I, I think I I think that might be a, I don't know maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm overanalyzing. I think that's that might be a bigger reason the Rockets want it so bad, just to kind of say that they they have the best record in the West or say that they're the one seed. Uh, you know, it might be something that they need to tell themselves or like they need like going into a Warrior series like that mental edge. Um, I think I think that might be even bigger than home court advantage itself. And it's also yeah. a big motivator if you have the higher seed, if you have a higher seed and home court advantage over another team, and everyone's still picking the other team to win. That's a good way to feel disrespected. Yeah, the home court itself kind of helps too, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole reason, I mean, if you go back to the Clippers series where the Clippers, in hindsight, were probably the better team, they won that series because they had Game 7 at home. I mean, they definitely wouldn't have won it if they had to like win in L.A. twice instead of just once. So... When you're playing like the better team, at least in terms of on paper, the better on paper team, I think it's really important to get home court if you can. Yeah, and you don't have to play a game seven in Oracle Arena if the series gets there. And I think that's a pretty big advantage. That's a tough place to play in. Um, Their crowd shows up. And by the way, props to the Rockets crowd. That Boston game, they really showed out. Like That's the best crowd I've seen uh, at the Toyota Center in a non-Warriors game. Like, every Rockets-Warriors game you expect to be packed. But I, I, I did not expect this this Celtics-Rockets game to be packed. Shouts to you guys. You guys have been really filling out that stadium. And, it's, and uh, the Rockets needed. They needed for this stretch run. Hey, people respect the Celtics, and this year they're earning it. Yeah, so... This yeah. year. The Rockets... Rockets... I think, I think the Rockets crowd has gotten, like, a little bit of a bad rap these last, uh, like, in the last year. Like, their performance in the last postseason was kind of a joke, obviously. But I think, from my experience, they've had, like, good playoff crowds. I think they're, they're front runners, which isn't, like, necessarily a good thing. But they're not as bad as, like, Bill Simmons said they were. <laughs> no, I think that's true. I think the biggest problem is that they have the cameras pointed at this dead area where there's all these like corporate yeah. tickets and stuff. Oh yeah, the top yeah. the top guys show up. Like everybody in that uh, top seating area, those guys show up every game. The hardcore fans, yeah, yeah. So those <laughs> hardcore fans don't sit in the lower bowl, right? And like it's it's not even like I, I just think those hardcore fans don't have a shot at those lower bowl seats. Like those are 
really expensive. And even when they're even when they're available, you often see them be being handed out to corporate corporate seats. You know, it's just it's 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 a convolution of like a whole bunch of stuff. Like it's not you know Houston traffic. Uh, the seats being expensive. Of course, like, I don't like to make excuses for them, but there are reasons why it's bad. Um, it, it's it's getting better as of late because I think people are starting to realize, oh, oh wait, the Rockets are really good. Oh, wait, they might actually have a chance at dethroning the Warriors. Um, oh, like we probably should show up to these games. They're really exciting and really fun to watch. I think I think that's that message is starting to slowly creep in. But yeah, I yeah, mean... To- to back up that with an anecdote, uh, a lot of I know a lot of people who are like kind of casual Rockets fans, right? They're Houston people who they don't super follow sports, but they're aware what they they know that they like the Rockets and such. And lately, I've been talking to them like, "Y'all know the Rockets have the best record in the league, right?" And they're like, "Wait, what?" So the Olympians aren't really aware of it in general, and it isn't until lately that they've kind of become clued in. I think that this is what's going on. So, like like Paul said, they're kind of front runnery, but there's a lot of front to run to right now. Right, and it helps that they're constantly on TV now. Like the Rockets are always being talked about nowadays. Like if you if you just watch any random ESPN show, um, like like on the ticker, there's gonna be something about the Rockets. Like I I always notice that when I'm at the gym and I just see they're playing ESPN, they're playing some ESPN show, and they'll always be talking about the Rockets. Like I think that stuff's important. Like I think fans need to see that to like just show how dominant they've been this season because. As we said, man, they've been awesome. Like they've been really good. They're making me, and we'll get into it right now. I think I think I think is as good a time to talk about it. They're making me more and more confident in their chances at competing in a Warrior series. Um, Jeff Van Gundy on the on the broadcast for that Celtics game, like he kind of changed his mind in a way that I never thought he'd ever do. Like he said that he can see the Rockets competing. Uh, like he, he'd give the Rockets as good a chance to make it to the NBA Finals as any other team in the league. And that's that shocked me, man. Like he, Jeff Van Gundy has been on the record for like the past seven months as someone who cannot foresee any other team other than, other than the Warriors winning the NBA title. Like he said it on the low post, he said it on on television, he said it on. He said it everybody everywhere you can find Jeff Van Gundy. He's talked about how he cannot see the Warriors being unseated, and this was his first um, sort of you know his first sort of. Ch- stray from that from that viewpoint and i i think i I, i'm starting to buy into it man like i i don't think the rockets should be favored in that series but i'm at the point where if the rockets don't make it at least six games with the warriors like i would be thoroughly surprised like they've been so good they've matched up with the warriors well i feel like we know 90 percent of what we want to know about the rockets in the regular season now they just they just got to show it and like I'm at the point where like I think that series with the Warriors is going to be more competitive than I originally thought. They're a threat. They're an actual threat to the Warriors. Like I said, they shouldn't be favored, but they're a threat. They're in fact probably the only threat. Honestly, the Raptors is the only other team that's come close, uh, and then no one's allowed to disbelieve in a LeBron James team. Yeah, I've, I don't. I don't think they can beat like a Warriors team that's like. Clicking on all cylinders, right? Uh, like, but I think maybe I, I've become convinced that they definitely have a shot. Like, if obviously if someone gets hurt or if uh, Katie or Steph get for some reason really nervous and choke in the series, and 
Harden and CP3 are like playing really well. I think they can win that type of series, but I don't think it's going to be like. I don't think if they get the Warriors' absolute best shot and Steph and KD are playing well, they have any chance. Well, here's what I'll say. I, I'm kind of past the if there's an injury thing. Like, I think if there's an injury, the Rockets have a definite advantage. Like, to one of those guys, I w- if one of those two guys gets injured, I, I feel kind of weird saying this, but I, I would favor the Rockets in that series. Like, if I Kevin, agree. If Kevin Durant or Steph get hurt, I'm favoring the Rockets. And that feels so dirty to say because I would not have said that before the season. But we're at that point, man. They've been playing out of their mind, and they're winning games in different styles. Like, they they don't have to play fast. They don't have to play slow. They can play any way they want. They have so much, like, positional versatility. They have a bunch of depth. Like, now, it's kind of gotten to the point where, like, I think if you get a bad game from Steph or if you get, like, a... Like, if, if Iguodala plays as bad as he's played in the regular season, that's a definite disadvantage for the Warriors because... The Rockets' depth has been playing up to you know up to their fullest potential, and like if if those other guys, if Sean Livingston, if Iguodala, if you know Draymond, if th- if those ancillary pieces aren't playing up to their top level, I think the Rockets, you know, I I still wouldn't favor them, but I I could see where they could steal games in a series against the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Warriors to just uh, play their starters incredibly heavy minutes because. You gotta, you gotta beat the Rockets. There's, it doesn't matter, you know. At that point, they're gonna be going all in on it. But uh, you're right, Iguodala has been bad this season. Uh, he's older, obviously. So there's something you said there. Yeah, the, the Mia doors cracked. They, if things go, if they have a couple things swing their way, they got a real shot at it. If they shoot a little hotter than usual, if the Warriors shoot a little less hot than usual, it's, it's in the, they're, you know, they're definitely like when they're actually trying. When they're locked in, they are a tier above the Rockets, which is amazing because the Rockets are like a tier above everybody else. But those aren't necessarily givens. Uh, Rockets are a kind of team that can play above their heads. So there's a real chance. You know, it's not just like a puncher's chance. It isn't just the, well, they're there, so you never know what happens. No, like they're, you know, especially if they get home court, like, like you said, they should expect to take a couple games off the Warriors, at least. That should be the expectation. So I, this is going to be—it's going to be amazing to see. Assuming it happens, uh, it would be very surprising if it didn't happen. I—I'm not sure what would happen to make the Rockets and/or the Warriors miss the conference finals, but uh, you know, nothing is ever certain in this world. Right, well, and, and like it's kind of like it—I could totally see a situation where the where the Warriors go into the postseason like playing on all cylinders and playing like a different team, right? Like I could totally see them going. Uh, twelve and zero up until the Rocket series, or not twelve ago, eight and zero up until the Rocket series, right? Like I could totally see them sweeping their first two rounds. Oh uh, yeah, of course. And looking like a different animal, right? And in that case, like I reserve the right to change my prediction. Like <laughs> I, I think it could go totally go five games if they're playing like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think this is a totally different feel than where like two weeks ago, like I. I thought, okay, like I think this series can go five or six. Like now, I'm like, okay, this game, this series has to go six because of how well they play, and I, I, I want to place that expectation on the Rockets because they've been, they played that good, and they've earned that from us because like, they've, they played so well. They've upgraded their defensive personnel. Their depth is, as we talked about throughout this podcast, they're, they're just, 
they're just so deep. Like it, it's gotten to the point where some guys aren't going to play pretty soon when Ryan Harrison returns. Like Joe Johnson's going to lose all his minutes pretty much, and like it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I really want to see it. Like it, it, it's it's going to be like the NBA championship that real that really should exist in the West, right? Like the like <laughs> like the if we, if we're being honest with ourselves, the NBA. The NBA championship will be won in the Western Conference Finals this year. I feel pretty co- confident saying that. Uh, you know what else happened in the last couple of weeks is that people were talking to Steph Curry and he actually showed some respect to the Rockets, which is uh, kind of surprising. I mean, it's, there's, there's a certain competitive drive that is goes hand-in-hand hand with not respecting your opponent. Respecting your opponent can actually be kind of dangerous when you're going up against people, so... Uh, I was surprised to see that they've gone for years as having total disrespect for for Houston, which I think is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good rivalry thing, but he actually had some good things to say about them. So, yeah, there's there's a little bit of uh, of people coming around on it. I've seen also some some notable Warriors fans starting to say, "Oh, actually, these guys might be a threat after all." Yeah, so it, we'll it, see. And you know what I find funny about this is like the, the Warriors fans have talked about like for the, this entire season that they don't respect the Rockets or they don't care. And yet they're watching every game. They're watching every Rockets game, like as it unfolds, watch tracking, seeding, all that. They're doing all like this idea that they don't care is completely wrong. Like they absolutely care about the Rockets. That's the advantage of being openly salty. You don't have to pretend you don't care. Right. Uh, and can we can we talk about the MVP thing a little bit? I feel like we have to we have to check in with this because this is. <sighs> There are some uh, there are some thresholds being passed here, guys. Like it, they've been doing some surveys and things. They've been canvassing various uh, various people in the league, and it really looks like Harden is running away with it right now. Well, has there been any new surveys uh, that I, I haven't seen yet? I mean, there's the one on, in mid February that was uh, 91 out of the 100 people uh, oh, put Harden right. first oh, by Tim Bontemps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like. For my confidence in in terms of Harden winning the MVP hasn't really wavered since that point. Like I, I I'm still at the yes Harden has the lead, but I'll believe it when I see it. Like in terms of him winning it, like I'm I'm so so jaded on this. Like I'm so so I I just need to see it. I want to see it in his hands before I believe he's won it. <laughs> I think it would take a lot at this point. Like last year, we were looking at. Russ as being right behind him like Russ was the it was clearly like a tight battle Harden was still ahead but it was it was pretty close uh, and everyone knew who number two was people can't even agree on who number two is this season uh, there's no one else even really close I think Harden would have to miss like the rest of the season for it to be a thing or like Anthony Davis would have to have a triple double like every single game the rest of the way or something well actually you bring up a good point about how there hasn't been a clear definite number two because I feel like, like I thought for like a good week there that I thought Anthony Davis was everybody's clear number two, but you look around and pe- some people have Giannis, some people have LeBron. Like it's it's getting to that point where like, yeah, I don't see anybody have a clear number two. That that being said, I still don't think you'll ever get unanimous. Like I think that's I think we're never. No, of course get, not. That's yeah. only happened once. Right. right. I, I don't think like. Here's what I'll say. Like like we're we're at that point where. Yes, it's gonna take a like Herculean Herculean effort from somebody to knock Harden off, but it only takes one guy. It only takes one guy to get hot for the race to change and for like 
like the Warriors could sweep the rest of the season series and a Steph campaign can start, right? And like I like that that's where I'm at. Like I, I just I just want to wait, like it, it, until like we get more surveys and totally get more data on where everybody stands on this. Then then I'll be able to say okay, Harden's gonna win this thing. But right now I'm still, you know, I, I've seen this before. Like I, I in March of last year, it, it felt like Harden was ahead, and the, the, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think for Steph to win it though, it would not have to be just that they sweep the, the like the run of the table for us the season i think that also kd would have to go down with an injury or something i think it or just like be terrible if kd just is awful the rest of the way they're 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 so clearly both mvp caliber that they're taking votes from each other i don't think even that would do it It, it's very obvious that harden is the number one guy in houston he has all these accolades he has a 60 point triple double he has that unbelievable demolishing of wes johnson he has two 14 game win streaks it's it would take a lot like I, like I said, the Warriors are competing with themselves. LeBron's Cavs team just is too embarrassing. Uh, Giannis's Bucks team is too embarrassing, and he hasn't quite done enough. Anthony Davis, once again, they're going to win like 45 games or something, and he's only been really awesome for the past month or so. I just, I don't know. Like, I, Obviously, once again, anything can happen, knock on wood, but it's in the 90s, I think, the percent of chance likeliness that Harden's going to win this thing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think, barring like an injury or anything like that, I think Harden pretty much has it. I mean, you said that you've seen it before, but you haven't really seen it before because, like Forrest said, there isn't really a clear second guy, and Harden is Harden's resume is just so much better than everyone else's that I don't think anyone is like there will be some like obvious like bad voters, but I don't think the collective media will be able to rationalize any MVP. We'll see. Other than Harden. We'll see. I mean, anything can happen. Kobe Bryant just won an Oscar. So, I mean... Uh, <laughs> he did? Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not willing to dismiss any possibility. I'm not willing to say Harden isn't going to win it. I'm not, I, I'm kind of just... You know, I'll, I'll see... Like, when it happens, I'll, I'll be there. I'll celebrate with you guys. Uh, I'll, I'll give... I'll admit that I was wrong, that Harden would never win an MVP. And you know I'll, I'm all for it if he wins. I'd, I'd be I'd be really happy about it. But I'm still really really jaded. Like I, you you guys know my stance on this. Like I'm not wavering until until <laughs> like until it's in his hands. Like I, I'm just that, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Let me put this. it this way: I think that both the Thunder and the Spurs have a higher chance of missing the playoffs than uh, than Harden has of missing the MVP. That's a good way to put it. I mean, they're they're both at like what six and seven right now. Like the Spurs just fell to the six yep. seed, and I think I think the Thunder are the seven seed right now. Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Say yeah. so, hey, someone out there in West is going to miss those playoffs. It's kind of remarkable how much the that pack has all turned out to be kind of equally okay. They're all just okay, and a lot of it's due to injuries and stuff. Like obviously, the Spurs wouldn't be in a situation with Kawhi, but. Yeah, we were worried for a while about like, oh, what if the Rockets fall a third? There's no way they could possibly fall a third. Like, it is almost mathematically impossible at this point. They'd have to just like they're going to win 50 games in their next win. They're gonna they're gonna be a 50 win team within the next week. That's crazy. Yeah, in er, yeah, very likely in early March. Can't count on those wins, but 
it'll be pretty soon. Right. That that bearing they lose every single game from here on out, they're going to be at least a fifty-one team, which is crazy. It's March fourth. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll go ahead and end on this before we head out. Um, do you guys have a preferred first round matchup in mind? I know, I know, we're still quite a bit away from the playoff. We're like six weeks away. Um, but I, I've been kind of watching this West playoff race, uh, you know, from afar, uh, just kind of seeing which teams end up in that eighth slot or that seventh slot. Do you guys have any teams in mind that you would like to play in the first round? I'm kind, I'm kind of eyeing this Denver team because the Rockets have kind of destroyed this Denver team, uh, their first two matchups, and like I feel like, like they just have no response for Harden in isolation. Like if they try to switch, uh, Jokic just has no chance on with Harden. On an island with him, like it just, I that's the matchup I'm looking at. Do you guys see anything you guys you, you guys are particularly like going for? Uh, I I think I think I'd like to see them playing the Clippers just because I, I think the Clippers are the least talented. Yeah, the Rockets blew out the Nuggets in the uh, in two of those games and beat them in the other, but Paul Millsap also wasn't healthy and he's coming back. He's a really good defender, so he's going to make that a little bit harder. Uh, I just think that the Rockets, that the Clippers would like get swept. So I think the Nuggets could put uh, could steal a game from the Rockets just by like making an insane number of threes, which they sometimes do. Clippers, I don't think that they would even like put up a fight. Gary Harris is really good. He's so good. Like I, I feel like like a lot of casual NBA fans don't know how good Gary Harris is. That guy is good, um, but yeah, I, I you could do, you could definitely see the the Nuggets stealing a game. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think the Clippers are a good matchup. I mean, like if the sheer talent disadvantage the Clippers would be at, at I mean, in the playoffs you typically shorten your rotation, and the Clippers have kind of been winning off of depth. And I think if they shorten their rotation, that's going to be a real disadvantage for them. I don't think it really matters too much as long as it's... I don't want to see the Pelicans because I think they're a bad matchup still. Uh, I don't want to see a Spurs because you never want to see a Spurs no matter what. But other than that, they're better than all those teams. I don't know what to say about it. None of them are realistically a threat as long as the Rockets play anywhere near what they're playing right now. Yeah, I mean, m- maybe you could sell yourself on possibly the Thunder being a bad matchup, but I-, I don't even think they're a bad matchup for the Rockets. Like, I think they lost that first matchup simply because they were they were banged up at that point in the season. Like, they didn't have uh, Trevor Ariza, they didn't have uh, Chris Paul. Like, they they were missing a lot of key players in that first matchup with the Thunder, and I think they're kind of if I if I were to predict right now, I think they're gonna they're gonna sweep the season series with the Thunder from here on out. They, without Roberson, they're just not nearly as good as they were before. I don't know. They're they're not good right now. They've been eking out teams against teams who are tr- against, who are like trying to tank, actively trying to tank. Uh, so it's it's not looking great for the Thunder. They are in real threat of missing the playoffs. It's worse than their than their uh, predictions list because all the power rankings and everything have them uh, with Roberson, and he's such a big part of how they do things. So. Yeah, I'm not too worried at Thunder. I oh, I don't want to like be totally dismissive, but I <laughs> I don't want to like piss off Thunder Hive or whatever. But their team has problems right now. God, how insufferable would Rockets fans be if the Thunder missed the playoffs? Rockets and Warriors fans, like the internet and Thunder fans. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, if the Thunder missed the playoffs, the internet would just explode. Like it would just 
Like, I, I, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen just to see the sheer chaos on the timeline. It's going to be... I mean, like, like there's going to be a really good team that ends up missing the playoffs with serious repercussions, like, or that's front office changes or coaching changes. Like, like these teams have a lot to lose. Like, all these teams, like Mike Malone, if, if, he, miss, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I mean, is he out the door? Is, you know, like, are, are like... Are the Thunder reevaluating things with Paul George if if they lose? Like you know, Paul George is going to be a free agent. Like this, like the, all these teams have a lot to lose if they don't make it. Uh, the Spurs, I mean, they have they have Kawhi Leonard coming up. Like they, this is, it's a really entertaining me- uh, playoff race, and yeah. I, I, I'm really here for it. It's really just the Clippers who can afford to miss the playoffs, I think, because they know they're playing with house money right now. Everyone kind of does. They're really not supposed to be here, and they're here anyway, which is really impressive. Uh, right. The Jazz probably aren't going to make it though. They're they're kind of up the creek at the moment. So, yeah, too little, too late for them. Uh, they made their run kind of uh, at the wrong possible time, and Gobert Gobert was hurt all season. But yeah, we talked a lot, way too much about these uh, about the Western Conference. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops, at Do Nots, and at Rocket Intellect. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>